Welcome to the Palace Perspective, brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a wealth management firm specializing in custom estate, financial, and tax solutions that others often miss. Welcome to another edition of Palace Capital webcast series. I'm Rich Mullen, founding partner and CEO of Palace Capital. I'm joined here by Mark Bogar, our CIO, and Steve Kylander, our head portfolio manager and on the investment team. We are uh, going to work, walk through a few topics today. At the close of 2023 here, we see the markets are rallying. Uh, the economy has uh, shown some amazing resilience. Interest rates have trended down. And we are experiencing new record highs on the Dow. The NASDAQ's up 38%. The S&P's up 20%. Oil's down. Is this the Goldilocks soft landing everybody's been looking for here? So we'll talk about that and a little bit more about what we expect to see in 2024. So let's get started here. Uh, is everything as good as it seems to be here? It's, it's a little remarkable, I think, that uh, we have landed in this place and a lot of people haven't expected it. So Mark, why don't you kick us off here? Sure. Well, certainly the short term data is Goldilocks. Inflation is coming down. Asset prices have rallied, so employment's still strong. So all that is Goldilocks and is good. Uh, we've always felt that inflation would come down. It was a question of, was the Fed going to have to break things to break inflation? So are rates going to have to continue to go up and up and up to break something to then bring inflation down? Or would we get this Goldilocks scenario of maybe the COVID supply-driven inflation would actually more naturally come off. Now, that was the Fed's initial case. It took a lot longer for that to happen, but maybe we're actually starting to see that now where inflation's annualizing the last, say, four or five months of two, two and a half percent. So it's coming down. Yeah, it certainly has. Steve, you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I think that's that's been really important. I mean, on the valuation side in particular for equities and fixed income, uh, the, you know, the, the issue out there has been high inflation and high rates. As those come down, I mean the, you know the the old adage you can't fight the Fed, really seems to be in place right now in terms of financial markets moving up. Um, you know what's debatable is if we're seeing this inflation coming down, and um, you know are we going to see a knock on slow down the economy, recession, lower earnings as we get into 2024. But at this stage, it really does seem to be the Goldilocks scenario that's being priced in and people are very optimistic even about corporate earnings as we move into 2024. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, this could have been um, the most telegraphed recession that never was. I mean, we've been talking about potential recession as a result of this prolific rise in rates and it doesn't seem to have materialized really in any great fashion. Um, you know, the remarkable move up in rates was um, met with a remarkable move down in rates over the last uh, 30 days or so, the five-year you know, tickled 5%, went over for a bit, and now uh, down around 4.2. I think it was actually almost four flat. So uh, to your point, you know, the adage, don't fight the Fed, you know, resonates here and rates seem to be going down. But let's talk a little bit about the fact that, um, <clears throat> as we discussed earlier today, before the uh, podcast, that the Fed now, in their holding rates yesterday, accompanied that uh, decision with a little bit more dovish tone. And, you know, when you look at the market and you look at what we're describing here with this prolific rise in the indices and, you know, substantial uh, drop in inflation and good growth and stuff, you know, you would think that the Fed would be, um, you know, holding their hawkishness. In other words, that this 
uh, Goldilocks scenarios we've described, it could be supportive of higher inflation longer, or at least inflation at these levels. So, Steve, why don't you you know opine on that? What what's what do you think the Fed's maybe seeing here? Yeah, no, it's it's a really good question because it's you know it's the concern out there is the Fed seeing something we're not in terms of the economy slowing that they want to be in front of, and I think there is this view the Fed was was late to raise rates. Mm-hmm. And do they not want to be late to bring rates back down? So they haven't. Nothing's been cut at this stage. So you know nothing's been done. Um, but they did indicate you know an expectation to bring rates down by about 75 to 80 basis points in 2024. Now of course the market has doubled that. Mm-hmm. So, but the um, you know at, at this stage the Fed does seem to be indicating that they're not concerned about economic growth and and pressures on inflation at this stage, that they can actually take that more dovish uh, perspective. Yeah. So let's take that into, um, you know, 2024. What we've seen, you know, uh, this year, again, as we mentioned, a prolific <laughs> rise in the indices. Um, but the, the advance has been a little narrow. Um, you know, there, we talk about the seven generals and everybody that's listening to this podcast knows the stocks that we're talking about for sure. You know, recently here with the specter of perhaps rate cuts and, and rates dropping, the market seems to have broadened out. So, um, you know, Mark, what does 2024 look like for us here in, under this context? Yeah, absolutely. As you noted, those seven horsemen certainly have led the market this year, but we're generally underweight that group. We think the valuations are a little rich across the board. We own a few, but across the board, they're a little rich. And so what has not participated this year? Well, dividend paying stocks haven't participated. Um What's also akin to dividend-paying stocks is sometimes defensive stocks. So think about utilities. Um, They were really hurt by interest rates rising. So if interest rates are done rising, even falling, that type of sector can do well. And why I mention that is also we're still a little defensively positioned in the portfolio because we are still worried that we're going to get this slowdown. You're seeing delinquencies rise on uh, loans. There's other data saying that yeah, the, the underlying, say on the, especially on the good side of the economy, things are a little softer. Now, services are really strong. But what that means for opportunities in the market are whether it's dividend paying stocks, more defensive stocks, we think there's opportunity there. And that's where we've started to shift the portfolio. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, Stephen, uh, you and I attended a conference the other day and heard from a bunch of folks in the, um, in the private credit and the fixed income arena. And one of the uh, gentlemen up there that's... Um, um, managing a distressed debt fund talked about uh, kind of what I would call his channel checks, where he reached out to some of the attorneys that cover these private equity funds, and he received some feedback that uh, they're working furiously on loan uh, interest and, and uh, principal forbearance agreements. Um, so that wouldn't really portend to uh, support the thesis that's kind of unfolding here in the market, but might support what the Fed perhaps is seeing. I think that's right. I mean, you know, even on, you know, that was on the private side. On the public side, um, we've been seeing uh, credit agency downgrades of debt generally. Um, But, you know, here's the other silver lining of that. If we are going to see lower interest rates as we move into 2024 and we don't have a deep recession, then it may very well be that the pressure that companies that that have this debt, you know, that are seeing downgrades may be able to live another day and survive through this scenario. So still, I think to the degree that we really do have a, a soft landing or a no landing scenario with lower rates is going to be very positive, particularly for, you know, investments or companies that are at the riskier end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still, you know, I, I don't think you can take off the table the potential for a deeper recession 
and I think that's why you know generally we still try to gravitate to higher quality free cash flowing companies uh, because there still is that there still is that risk you know that is being echoed by you know the private markets the credit markets as well as the uh, rating agencies yeah I don't want to beat a dead horse here on this inflation topic but you know I think it's interesting that you see all this data trending lower um, and those are, are certainly great indicators here and the Fed's responding to them. But you often hear, you know, kind of anecdotally people's trips to the grocery store and, and you know, varying pockets of the economy are still very inflationary and very painful for folks. And, you know, that incongruity, I think, across, um, you know, what the data is showing and, and what people are actually feeling may also um, pretend to you know, see some problematic uh, slowdown or, or certainly a compromise of personal balance sheets. Yeah, well, I would probably just sort of thinking about that while we're talking about inflation slowing, we're not talking about prices rolling back. Yeah. So it's very unlikely that prices, you know, that you go to the grocery store and your bill is going to be lower next year. It's, it's really the rate of change that's being brought back. And, um, although, you know, the one, one area that's clearly positive has been uh, energy prices, gas prices. That's you know, we have, we have oil down at 70, even in a world that has geopolitical concerns. And, uh, you know, that's substantially below where we were just, you know, coming out of the summer. So I think there, there are going to be some trends out there that are good for the consumer's pocketbook. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, consumers have less savings now than they did a year ago or two years ago. So there are going to be some headwinds as well. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I read an article the other day that the U.S. is pumping 13.2 million barrels a day, which combined uh, is more than Saudi Arabia and um, uh, Russia. Uh, so that, I think, has really helped keep oil prices down as a major input into you know, productivity and inflation. So that's, that's really important. Um, so <clears throat> let's pivot, you know, kind of on a, as we wrap up here, kind of a go forward. You know, what, what do we see now for 2024? I mean, we talked that there's, there's some cross currents, so we may see, you know, some pockets of weakness, some slowing and so on. Then there's this Goldilocks thing. How does this kind of com conform or come together to combine to, uh, you know, an outlook, economic outlook for next, uh, next year, Mark? Yeah, no, absolutely. So for client portfolios, we want to be balanced, right? So whether the economic outlook's a little more rosy, a little more bearish, we want to be balanced across the asset classes, balanced within that within the asset classes to help clients achieve their goals. So what does that mean for 2024? Well, we've already had this very nice rally in public equities. So we're a little concerned that earnings estimates are a little too high yet still for next year. So we want to be like a little more cautious. So we think we don't think there's this big downside scenario to stocks, or at least if we don't have a major recession, which is in our base case. Without a major recession, we don't see a lot of downside, but how much upside is left? So we want to be, again, in those dividend payers, defensive stocks that are giving us some income along the way. And then when we think about public fixed income, we've already seen a move down in rates, but we're still at a healthy level. You can still earn a nice 5% on a corporate bond. So that's a nice, healthy level versus, say, last few years. And then we still have the private markets to be diversified in that, whether it's pox of private equity, pox of private credit, pox of private real estate. You know, the big pressure on real estate has been rates. So if rates are more permanently lower, well, then real estate can be a little bit more attractive as well. So as we look across the asset classes, we want to be balanced. There's going to be risks. Uh, maybe we take advantage of um, some distressed credit type of funds. That can be an area. I think that's the conference you guys attended. Like that could be a very interesting spot. So we want to pick our spots, pick it with the best managers and where there's still opportunity in the market. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think the market is broadening out. As of the last meeting before the, um, you know, the the Fed's last meeting before yesterday, you saw the this uh, kind of displayed in some of the stalwarts. There's some ETFs out there that are um, uh, representative of dividend-paying stocks and dividend blue-chip type companies in the marketplace, and we saw um, a substantial rally in those. We all know what they are, without mentioning names, and I think that really is an indicator that perhaps the you know the seven generals dwar- or uh, giants or whatever you want to call them, you know, are perhaps passing the baton at least half of the baton over to some other segments of the market. So, Steve, you want to finish up on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from those seven generals. They're great. <coughs> excuse me. They're great companies. Uh, good balance sheets. Good free cash flow. Good growth opportunities. But I think the market's less myopic on them now. I think you know we're going to see that broadening. I think there are opportunities in other areas of the market, and as you take the risk of higher interest rates off the table, and if you take the risk of a deep recession off the table, that really is very good for all other risk assets. Um, so I, you know, I very much agree. It's good to be diversified. Good to be uh, broad, but not just on the equity side within fixed income as well. Yeah, no, that's right. Well, thank you, Mark and Steve, for your thoughts, and uh, taking, thank you all for taking the time to watch and listen, and please keep an eye out for our next uh, podcasts and webcasts. Thank you very much, and have a happy holiday season. The preceding information is for general educational purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal situation. Any decision about investing should be undertaken only after careful consideration of the investment's risks, costs, liquidity or lack thereof, and the investor's time frame. Please remember that past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product referred to directly or indirectly in this newsletter or podcast will be profitable or equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels. The investment advice is offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, our registered investment advisor.